The pandemic and remote working have pushed mental health and well-being into the mainstream. Employers will struggle to keep up. With remote working becoming the norm in some sectors, full-time or part-time, well-being is rapidly becoming a major employment issue. The pandemic triggered a rethink of well-being policies and processes for many employers. 36% of survey respondents say that they are substantially rethinking their strategic approach to well-being of the workforce, rising to 43% in EMEA, and 82% say they plan to use digital tools to monitor workers' well-being in the near future. Our survey shows that 97% of employers have processes in place to detect and address well-being issues at work at an early stage. 43% say that these processes are assisted by technology, such as sentiment analysis software, which detects the tone and emotion behind digital communication. Questions remain on the accuracy and reliability of well-being data and on the implications of decisions made based on the data. Could it be interpreted as bias against socio-cultural differences with adverse consequences for less resilient employees, for example? It's understandable that employers want to use tools to monitor well-being during a global pandemic, but it could be argued that some employers have failed to address the central issue, says Natalie Gasper, partner, Employment Australia, Herbert Smith Freehills. Has the response to increased uncertainty during the pandemic and ongoing changed organisations' operating models away from just-in-time delivery of goods and services to maintaining adequate levels of capacity to deal with the peaks and troughs? The workload and deadline pressure might not be sustainable and the blurring of work and private life during the pandemic is an added pressure. Monitoring might just add to employees' anxiety. Working conditions under the spotlight. On the 5th of July 2020, accusations were made by the Sunday Times against fashion giant Boohoo regarding their unacceptable working conditions and underpayment of workers at the factory in Leicester. On the 24th of September 2020, an independent review by Alison Levitt QC was released. The report found that these allegations weren't only well founded but substantially true stating that Boohoo's monitoring of the factories was inadequate because of weak corporate governance. The report also went on to say that the failure to assess the risk to workers during the coronavirus pandemic was inexcusable. In response, Boohoo accepted the recommendations put forward in the review in full and apologised for failing to reach the standards they themselves set. CEO John Little is quoted in The Guardian as saying that the company would become a leader for positive change in the city, adding that it was clear that they needed to go further and move faster to improve governance, oversight and compliance. It also pledged a series of reforms, including a move towards publishing a list of companies in its supply chain, reducing the number of factories it relies on for produce and making a conscious effort to start using more ethical suppliers. Well-being in the gig economy The focus on well-being raises particular challenges for the gig economy. While there are concerns over rights in some countries such as the UK, the US and Australia, gig economy work was also an important source of income with job losses across many industries and in many countries during the pandemic. For example, 
food delivery companies in China came under criticism in 2021 following a television documentary that highlighted low pay, long hours and dangerous working conditions. China's 7 million food service delivery workers are classified as self-employed and as a result do not qualify for a minimum wage, health insurance or holiday or sick pay. Strikes by these gig workers were a regular occurrence before the pandemic. There were at least 45 strikes recorded in 2019, but public support during the pandemic may tip the balance in the legal fight around their worker status. A senior legal counsel at an online platform company points out that as a result of the pandemic, gig work has become an important source of income for more people. The general workforce across the gig economy increased during the pandemic, and for some, especially those who had lost work in other industries, platform work became a primary source of income. Uber has introduced safety net features for its contractors, such as injury insurance, which includes income protection should something go wrong, training opportunities and education. A voluntary move, as the legal issue of the status of its drivers is discussed in courts around the world. The gig economy is becoming an increasingly important part of the future of work, and as a contractor, you get flexibility but little in the way of benefits. Mike Gonski, partner, Employment Australia, Herbert Smith Freehills, comments, The thing I love about being a lawyer is that legislation will likely always trail behind innovation. While it would be great for business for there to be easy laws to follow and clear guidance on issues, the fact is, it will never happen this way. Accordingly, it is good that innovative businesses are looking at ways to do the right thing by workers under the current laws that are in place and shouldn't be penalised if what they are trying to do is better off overall for a worker. The worst thing that could happen would be for businesses to reduce innovation because they are too scared to slip up under laws that are outdated. As part of our survey, we posed hypothetical scenarios to garner further insights. Scenario 1. A number of employees who have suffered from symptoms of stress, isolation and overwork while working for your organisation have set up a support group to help each other and colleagues with well-being concerns. While this group was initially internal, the discussions have spilled over into public social media and are attracting media attention, potentially damaging the employer brand. Respondents' strategic response to the hypothetical crisis shows the increasing tendency for employers to bring the discussion in-house as far as possible. 49% say that employees would be asked to refrain from public discussion and 51%, rising to 68% in the US and 57% in Asia, said that their employees would be admonished for speaking out publicly.